Unabridged MD. I'm Isabella Mig, your host. So I thought I would start with explaining why this podcast. And uh, I'm going to start with my own story. So I'm a physician. I, like my accent indicates, I come from France, where I did my first residency and fellowship in rheumatology in Paris and then Lyon. And then I moved uh, to the U.S., uh, where I did another residency and fellowship, again in rheumatology, in New York City. Um, and so um, everything was doing well, and, um, you know, from outside, you could think that uh, I had the perfect life. I, uh, it took me a very long time to um, get pregnant and have babies, but uh, uh, around my 40-year-old, I had uh, my twins, they were three years old, I was married, and I was in Denver uh, as a faculty attending, uh, also a scientist doing research, uh, in a pretty big institution. Uh, this is when uh, my midlife crisis hit me, uh, very soon before my 40-year-old, uh, um, you know, a candle, and um, I just couldn't, couldn't understand what I was doing here and what I wanted in my life. I did not have any connection with my husband at the time. I did not have any connection with my kids. And somehow, at that moment, the job that I was doing didn't make any sense either. Um, and two weeks after I blew the candle on uh, the inexistent birthday cake that I got, <laughs> um, I was diagnosed with um, breast cancer. And in, instead of having this really awful experience with the breast cancer, um, I really learned a lot from it. So I had been a physician for 20 years. I had done two trainings. And here I was a patient. Okay, So it turned out that this breast cancer was stage 4. Uh, that I had liver metastasis as well as bone metastasis. So to tell you how scared I was doesn't even explain, that doesn't even describe how, how the, the, that was a shock for me because I felt healthy, I felt okay, I had the kids, I had the husband. Um, and I just tried to learn as much as I could. So me, a rheumatologist who uh, was, you know, learning about uh, uh, medicine, about Western medicine, me who didn't, you know, really look uh, upon mind-body connection. I wasn't into this at all. I'm suddenly uh, realizing that my, my in quote-unquote, uh, medicine are just not going to be enough for this stage 4 cancer, okay? Why wasn't it not enough? It's because you're going to the oncologist and they are like, okay, we're doing this, this treatment. You're like, okay, yes, great, this is going to be an awesome treatment. You know, I might, I might get sick. I might lose my, I'm most probably going to lose my hair and so on. But like, what am I doing between the time that I'm getting those treatments? Like every three weeks, what am I supposed to do? And so, um, and I think really it's because of my midlife crisis, I had started like trying to find a reason for my life. Uh, why was I there? Like, was I going to stay with my husband? Was I, like, what was going on with my, the relationship with my kids? What was going on with me? Uh, and so I really started uh, looking very deeply into what it meant to be whole, uh, what it meant to be fully me. 
then really what this cancer uh, did for me was that it kind of like stopped me in my tracks. Well, I mean, you could say that with the life crisis, I had been stopped in my tracks, but I was continuing because, you know, doctors, we're not good at quitting stuff, right? So <laughs> I wasn't ready to do anything, really. I was just like, ah, oh, something is happening. I don't know what to do. And so uh, with the cancer, I'm like, okay, well, I need to figure it out. Like my body, here you have, you have my attention. And really started I started reading a lot and I started meditating which I'm you know type A personality probably a little bit of ADD uh, like I will follow different squirrel on the on the fence uh, with my attention and suddenly here I was learning how to meditate because it felt vital um, and and so I did I started meditating uh, and I learned a lot from it and I started studying meditation with like the question like why is it helping me so much um and then I did other things I started visualization I started exercising more I started having a diet that's whole food plant-based and I started uh, surrounding myself with good person good energy um and all of those things really helped me um, I started going to energy healing practitioner. I mean, me, a scientist, someone that, you know, thinks that you have to study a medicine against placebo. Um, and by the way, that's, I wanted the power of placebo on my side because I was like, well, placebo is about 30% and all the studies that we look around, it sometimes is 50% when it comes to psychiatric medicine, like in depression and anxiety. So you're like, okay, well... Why should I say no to the power of placebo? As a physician, I understand. As a patient, I want that power of placebo on my side. And so I started looking. I started really like trying to see how I could get the power of placebo. I mean, as a physician, it's pretty hard to have someone tell me, hey, take this medicine, it's going to work, right? Because I kind of look up all the drugs that are being given and and in fact a physician to another physician or in fact most of the physician will not use the power of placebo um, and so I started looking how do I get this power of placebo how do I get this and it turns out uh, that if we think the power of placebo is because of the power on the mind my whole thought was Okay, well, I need to keep and to get my mind very strong. And the first question I have to ask myself is, why now? Why did this cancer happen now? Okay, so I'm not saying that I created my cancer. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that the power of positivity is going to get, you know, cure your cancer. That's not at all what I'm saying. But there is something to learn. Okay, so why now? Why did I have a cancer at that moment? Why was it stage four? I can tell you, if it had been a stage three, I would not have paid attention as much as I did with a stage four. Um, just just because I knew that stage three was very well uh, treatable, uh, the, type, the type that I had. I had a HER2 positive, uh, so it's very aggressive, but it's also very responsive to treatment. Uh, at least when you're stage three, and then stage four is a little bit more difficult, but, but it's, you know, I'm the proof that it definitely is working. <laughs> um, and so I started looking deeply, why are you here? You know, why is this cancer here? 
And something that really changed my view was an encounter with a naturopath, okay? So it's very intriguing to me because I had never seen a naturopath in my life before. In fact, I used to think it was a joke, the job that they were doing, because I was like, well, what are they doing? Like they have, there is no science behind whatever they are doing. You know, granted, I had not read any of the science, uh, but, you know, that's sort of this thing that we're looking upon and we're like, oh, yeah, this is this is second, you know, this is second class. This is not this is not as important as what I do. Um, But I met this naturopath. Uh, I met her, uh, I think, a day after I was diagnosed with uh, I I was told that I had cancer. I met her in France because I was there uh, to you know, celebrate my midlife crisis <laughs> uh, for like a couple of days. And uh, and I had decided not to change my trip, even though I had just done the biopsy on my on this gigantic breast mass. Um, and this naturopath actually really changed my way of thinking. She was like, you know, don't see the cancer as an enemy. See it as a friend who's here to teach you something and that will leave like any good friend does when it is time to leave. And that blew me away. So here I was, physician, always talking about my diseases, like the rheumatologic disease, as something that we were to fight. In fact, sometimes I hear patients that come to me after first or second or third opinion, they come for and for opinion, and they say, well, I know my body is attacking myself. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, we have it wrong. We have it wrong. Because if you're fighting your body, you're not allowing your body to heal. So my job, for example, as a rheumatologist, is to come down the immune system. I'm not fighting it. I'm helping it. And so when this naturopath uh, gave me this phrase, I was just like, oh my gosh, I've seen it all wrong this whole time. I need to help my body. In fact, if I can be kind and if I can see this cancer as a friend, I may learn so much from it. Okay, I am not saying that I was not terrified because you don't know if the drug is going to work on you, right? You don't know until it actually works, until they tell you, okay, no evidence of disease, you're in remission, right? But putting myself in a place where I could, you know, just ground myself, Take deep breath and just be like, okay, well, right now, at this moment, I am alive. And I need to figure out if I want to stay or if I want to go. Because that was the most important questions for me, okay? And so when, when I started shifting my view of my disease or condition, I started realizing, well, hold on, like, let me help the cancer cell to realize that they don't need to stay, that, that they are going to teach me something and I'm, I'm all here. I want to understand why they are here. I want to learn as much as I can from this condition. And to learn, I definitely did. Because I went until this journey of trying to understand what I was missing in my life. What was making my life so miserable before even the cancer? And the cancer was here to help me get out of it. 
All right. So the naturopaths also use this word incarceration when you have a cancer. It's um, symbolically, apparently, from her, associated with incarceration. And I, it, it resonated with me because I felt incarcerated in my life. I felt like I needed to be in this life uh, with, uh, at the time, my husband, uh, even though I knew that there was no love in our relationship. And so I went deeply into this, you know, quest of finding the real me, finding who I really was, uh, finding also a better connection with my kids. And so I sat down and I started uh, meditating and I started really like looking deeply. What do I want? What do I need in this life? Why am I here? What, what's my purpose? And do I want to stay? Um, and I was able to do this because I was not afraid. I had reframed the cancer as a friend. Not a friend that was going to take over me. No. I had boundaries. I did not want the friend to take over my life. But a friend that nonetheless would teach me things. Okay? And now I change, I've, it has changed my vision. Because instead of asking my patients to fight their disease, I'm like, well, let's sit down. Let's look. What can you learn from the condition? What can you learn right now that you could not have learned otherwise? And there's always, always something we can learn. Always. So for me, I realized that I felt incarcerated. I realized that I felt I didn't feel loved whether by my ex-husband or by my kids. And I realized that it was important to me, that love was extremely important to me. So then started uh, visualiza visualizing. So once you, you know, once I really learned deeply what I wanted and what I felt that I wanted, that I needed, uh, I started visualizing those needs, right? Like, okay, well, I need to be healthy. I need to have uh, to be cured. I, I need to have no evidence of disease, no evidence of cancer. Started visualizing that. Started visualizing to be loved by my kids uh, and, and me loving my kids as well, right? Um, and to uh, also love uh, uh, my partner and to be loved in return. Um, the reason I want to share this story is that... Uh, it doesn't matter so much the condition you have. What matters is what can you do with it? And what matters is how much empowerment you can get from multiple, and I'm really saying multiple actions you can do, right? So for me, I felt that doing a ton of meditation was helpful. I felt that uh, visualizing was super helpful. I felt that exercising was extremely helpful for me because every time that I was exercising, I was telling my body, hey, look what you can do, right? Uh, so that was extremely important. Meditation was there to be like, hey, look, your mind is here today, right now, at this minute, you're not dying. I am not dying today. I am alive. And uh, I also felt that energy healing was wonderful. And energy healing was, was very difficult for me to accept because 
There's no study, really. I mean, actually, I found studies much later on, but at the time, I had no access to study. I, had, I didn't really uh, know where to look for. And uh, I was like, why is it that I feel so good after this Reiki session? Why is it that I feel so good after this uh, uh, Qigong session? And, uh, and at one point, I was just like, you know what? Stop this. Because like, I had like my left brain talking to my right brain. I mean, like, oh, this is bullshit. Like, stop this. Like, it cannot be true. Um, uh, what are you doing? You're spending so much money on this. And at one point, I was like, you know what? It is. I feel good. And no matter where this is coming from, no matter if someone is telling me that there is some studies that are showing that against placebo, it doesn't work, it does not matter because I feel good. My body feels good. And that is the most important thing. And so as a physician, I've learned how to actually bring that back to my patients, right? To basically say, hey, you are the expert of your body. You are the expert of your own experience. No one can take that away from you. If going for an energy healing session helps you, go for it because it helps you, right? It's not because my drugs are proven against placebo to work that it's going to necessarily work for you. Maybe, maybe the healing energy works better for you. And so, you know, I've read a lot uh, about energy healing, about all the things that I've done, the meditation, the, uh, the visualization, the journaling, and so on. And uh, there is data behind all of this, all right? And so this podcast, really, what I want to do with this podcast is I want to have a conversation about bringing the two words together, not saying that one word is better than another, but basically saying we need both. We need both. And some may work better for some, um, some people and some other may work better for some other people, right? But we have access to all of this. We have access to the power of the words. We have access to the power of love. We have access to the power of incredible biologics uh, treatment that have changed the way we treat cancer patients right? Um, and so it's an open conversation. I want you to tell me your stories, to tell me what has worked for you. I want you uh, to start, you know, um, meeting with me on uh, our, you know, weekly podcast so that we can have the discussion, so that I can bring to you the science behind um, some of the things that I've done, some of the things that I'm interested in doing or interesting in in talking to my patients about. Um, I, uh, I have the training in science that is allowing me to read studies and to tell you, yes, this works uh, and this is indeed real. And like there is uh, a, a proof that this works better than the placebo. And there are many, many, many things that have been proven to work against placebo. There are very good studies out there. And so I want us to have a, a revolution, really, so that the physician that have been trained like me in Western medicine realize the power that there is in empowering their patients so that the patient doesn't have to wait for them to do the next thing, right? So that it can start with the patient, that it can start with us as a whole. We are mind, body, spirit. If you forget one piece, you're not whole. And the physician only takes care of one part. It takes care of the physical body. But I want to say that a lot of ours, physician, 
only takes care of the little part of the body. We take care of disease instead of taking care of the patient. Let's bring back whole. Let's bring it all together. Let's make sure that uh, we can have the best medicine there is uh, in 2022 and so and, and, and forward. Let's make sure that physicians start talking about uh, Western and Eastern medicine. Let's make sure that we are well educated about this. And I also want to educate uh, patients and I also want to educate uh, the population that's not physician to understand what we mean by these studies, like when we're looking at this study or that study, uh, what it means, uh, because not all studies are created equal. They, they are flawed. A lot of them are flawed. All right. And we cannot just say, oh, there are studies that have shown this or that. Right. Like, well, is it a good study? Was it done properly? Uh, can you actually uh, say that because there is a study on cells or animals, this is actually going to work uh, on a human? We don't know that, right? And so uh, let's make sure that uh, we do not taunt a technique or um, a new approach by uh, studies that are actually not good studies. Um, because it's important to say, well, if it does work, that's great. Uh, but for example, I would never tell you to, uh, like the type of cancer I had, which was HER2 positive, I would not say, hey, yeah, we're just going to do Eastern medicine and energy healing therapy. And and in fact, uh, my Qigong practitioner was doing the healing uh, therapy on me and really helped me go through chemo without really, like it was a blink. I hardly had any side effects. Um, and, but she would push me when uh, toward the end of the cycles, like I had six cycles of really intense chemo uh, and I was in uh, remission after the fourth one and I was just like, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't really want to do the last ones. <laughs> and she was like, no, you've got to do it. You, you've got to finish the chemo regimen. And that is very important that we have a uh, realization that sometimes you've got to do uh, Western medicine. You've got to do the chemo treatment. You've got to do uh, the uh, the biologic medicines that you know personally I prescribe to s- some of my patients. Um, it's really a matter of where you are. What does the condition needs from you? Does the conditions just needs you know meditation, visualization, or an exercise and diet, or does it need a little help? from my friend, the scientist, right? (laughs) Um, And we are in 2022, and there are so many incredible things that have happened uh, in science. And I'm so grateful for it. And so should you. And that is why I am an optimistic physician. That is why when I had cancer, I was like, you know what, there is hope. Because I'm going to have the medicine uh, of today, and I'm going to add the power, my own empowerment technique, right? Like I'm, I'm going to work on what I can work with. I can work on making sure that I am the best that I can be at that moment, that I am in a good space and that I, you know, tap into uh, a system that heals me. All right. So I will see you. I will talk to you uh, next week. Please put some comments. Uh, like this is the first podcast I do ever. It's in English, as you can hear, uh, with my French accent. I know that it's gonna get better. It's not perfect, but uh, with your help, I hope uh, we really can make this count. I hope to bring hope in every 
patient that has doubt because there is always, always, always hope and it starts with you. Take good care. See you next week.